0: Turn in your Bibles tonight, if you would. Uh, we're going to read three different passages of Scripture, and uh, then we're just going to get going with our new series tonight. He is. So turn first of all to Revelation 4:8, and then we're going to go to Hebrews 12:14, and then we're going to go to Leviticus 19:1 through 4. I'm pulling Leviticus out. Not awesome. How many guys have read Leviticus lately? Yeah, I see, well, one person. Come on, that is awesome. Uh, not necessarily one of the more popular books, but uh, we're going to preach out of it. We're going to have a good time. Uh, Revelation 4, verse 8, says this. And the four living creatures, actually this is backing back it up to the uh, middle of verse 6. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Now if you turn your Bibles to Hebrews. Hebrews 12, verse 14 says, This is to strive for peace with everyone. And then it goes on to say, And for holiness, without which no one will see. The Lord strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Now to Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus 19 starting in verse 1 says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy. For I, the Lord your God, am holy. Or in other words, be holy. And look at me and see what holiness is. I'll show you what it is, and that's how you are to be holy. Verse 3. Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father, and you shall keep my Sabbath. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to the idols or make yourselves any gods of cast metal. I am the Lord your God. Speak to all the congregation. and of Israel. Verse 2. And say to them, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord God, am the Holy. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray that as tonight, God, we begin to start this new series and begin to look at who you are, that God, you reveal yourself to us. God, maybe maybe it won't be new to some, but God, there will be some new aspect. God, who you are. God, as we discover that, we in turn will learn who we ought to be. Lord, I pray you speak to us through this subject of holiness. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. This last week I had a chance to go camping uh, with my daughters. We've gone camping one other time in Vegas. I don't know if I shared this story with you before, but that, that camping trip in Vegas was not a very successful one. Uh, we loaded up a boat that someone loaned us, and now and we loaded up that boat, and it was uh, Father's Day, it was June, and, uh, and it was like 121 degrees out, and then we got out of the water, and it was like 131 degrees out, and it was just so hot, but we thought, you know what, there's the water, it's going to be a good time. And, And so we set out on our journey, about a 25-minute boat ride in. We find our our spot on the sand, and the boat breaks down. Now, 35 minutes on the water is a long ways from nowhere. Are you with me? And this trip, man, it was, I I, I just found out the other day that actually my wife enjoyed it. Um, She said, actually, we had a good time. We played on the beach or whatever. Me, on the other hand, I found out the boat was broken. So the whole next day that we were going to play and water ski and all that stuff, I hitchhiked the ride back with two people, I had no clue who they were, they had this big beat up riverboat, um, they looked like they had showered in months, and then come to find out they actually lived on the riverboat and just kind of went wherever, and all this stuff. I didn't know if I was going to make it out alive, okay? I was kind of scared for my life, and if you know anything about river, this, at least this riverboat, it went about 15 miles per hour, so a 35 minute boat ride turned into a 70 minute boat ride, and then I had to, you know, rent the boat, go back, tow the other boat, my day was ruined, okay? So I don't count that as a camping trip. So, this was really our first experience camping with our daughters. They were so excited. They were on spring break. And so we went up to Dana Point. Now, I know when you hear Dana Point you're like, that's not camping, dear God. But it was camping for us, okay? We had a good time staying on the beach there. And uh, one, one night I was sitting out by the water watching the waves come in. we camped out right on the beach. And, and all of a sudden, my, my, my daughter, my six year old daughter, came walking out. And uh, she said, Daddy, Daddy. And I was like, Yeah, honey. She goes, Daddy, what's sex? I looked at her for a minute and I thought, um, it's really weird that a six year old asking about sex. But I thought if she's old enough to ask about it, she's old enough to know. Okay? So I knew what any good dad would do, and I began to describe her what sex is at age six, and I told her about the birds and the bees and what they have to do with sex. I have no idea, but that's just the things you tell kids, okay? And uh, so I began to describe her all this stuff as I'm talking to her. Her eyes are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and she's like turning like blue and red and purple and all these other colors. And I'm thinking, oh no, did I do something wrong? And, and I'm just going and telling her about sex, and and, uh, and so all of a sudden I'm thinking maybe I did something wrong, and you know, but at that point you can't like get all those words back out of her ears and. And so I look at her and I say, Baby, why, why do you want to know what sex is? So, well, Daddy, mommy told me to come and tell you that dinner's going to be ready in a few
1: seconds.
0: <laughs> just let that one for a minute. Okay, well, that's completely not a true story. I made it up, but. <laughs> because some of you are for a horrible father. Okay. But it goes to prove this point that that oftentimes we think we know what we're talking about when we have no clue what we're talking about. That oftentimes we're trying to convey a point or convey a subject that we ourselves know nothing about. We need to take some time to investigate, take some time to to get in to know maybe a little something before we just start running our mouth. Are you with me tonight? I've come to this conclusion that, that too many of us, when we talk about God, that we don't really know who we're talking about. That even sometimes you can sit under a ministry, under a preacher, and you listen to them preach, but do they really know who God is? And so tonight as we start this subject of who He is, I want you to know something tonight. The more you get to know God, the more you're going to love God. And the more you love God, the more you're going to want to become like God. And the more you become like God, the more you're going to want to get to know God. And the more you get to know God, you're going to love Him. And the more you love Him, you're going to want to, are you with me tonight? And it's just this awesome vicious cycle that you're going to fall in love with. But too often times, we skim through scripture or we we just sit in a worship service or sit and listen to somebody share the word without really knowing who He is. So as we start tonight, uh, and we're going to begin to talk about holiness, there's some things we need to know. And, you know, because I've come to this conclusion that that it's really in our nature to know where we came from or to know who we're supposed to be like. I have know so many kids that have been adopted and I think adoption is, a, is an awesome thing and, and I think it's even a godly thing. You see the principle played out in scripture. But so many times when the, the kid comes of age and they share with them, hey, by the way, you were adopted and, and we're not actually your birth parents. They're, they're, they're real parents, but we're not your birth parents. There's something inside that child of the time it says, I want to know who my birth parents were. Why is that? Because they want to see where they came from. They want to know why they look the way they do and why their nose is shaped that way and their eyes and their ears or whatever it is. But beyond that, they want to know the characteristics and where do those things come from. So as we begin to look at who God is, the reason we're doing it is because we want to know what we ought to look like. Are you with me tonight? We want to know what we ought to look like. And so tonight we're going to begin to talk about the attributes of God. What are attributes? Attributes simply speak of the characteristics or qualities belonging to a person, or in this case, God. Okay? So attributes. We're going to talk about attributes that belong to God, that make God who He is. And all of us have those attributes. Like like me, what makes me who I am? You know, I'm tall, I'm dark, and I'm handsome. Thank you. And those would be some of my attributes. Humility by far being one of my most glorious traits. This is a joke, okay. But there are things that, that make me who I am, just like there are things that make you who you are. Those are the attributes, those are your characteristics, and in this case we're talking about God. There are two classifications of God's attributes. The first classification are essential attributes. Second classification are moral attributes, you say that's great, what does that mean? Essential attributes are the things that only belong to God, okay? Those would be things, uh, I think we have them up here, but those would be things like, he's eternal. You and I are eternal. He he is self-existent. He is the reason for his own existence and he can self-sustain himself. He's immutable, which means he's unchanged and unchangeable to his character and his being. He's omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful. These are things that make God, that set him apart. This is who he is. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows everything. He's omnipresent. In other words, he's everywhere present. You and I are not that. These are the things, this would be like, like God's DNA. Like you and I have DNA that although we're all humans, we all have our own individual DNA or our own fingerprint and we can tell who we are separate from everybody else because of a DNA test or because of a fingerprint. These things right here would be the fingerprint of God which set him apart. Are you with me tonight? as we talk about attributes, these attributes can never be shared with man. You will never have these things because if you had these things, then you would be God. Okay? So these right here, these are the fingerprint of God. This is the DNA of God. This is what sets God apart from every other living creature on the planet. The moral attributes, on the other hand, consist of four things. They consist of holiness... Love, righteousness, and faithfulness. These are the moral attributes of God. Now something you need to understand about the moral attributes of God, that these attributes are the ones that He wants to share with you and God. Okay? These are the attributes that God says, Hey, these are mine, these are my moral attributes, but these are the ones I want to share with you, and I want you to take on, and I want you to possess. I want to, and some call them the communicable attributes, the things that God wants to communicate or put inside of you. Now you've got to understand this because although there is a DNA that sets God apart from us, just like we can do a DNA test on your parents and on you to see if that's where you really came from, God is saying this. God is saying, I want you to possess these attributes so when people look at you, they know you're from me. Are you with me tonight? So this is the moral attributes of God. God wants you to be holy. God wants you to be loving. God wants you to be righteous. God wants you to be these things. So when the world looks at you, they say, "Wait a second, you're from you're from a different source. What source are you from?" Well, and they do the DNA test. They see, "Oh, you come from God. God is your father. You serve Him. Are you with me tonight?" Yes. These are the moral attributes of God these are the things that he is saying my dna wants to be put inside of you just like your parents gave you a portion of who they are and God wants to give you a portion of who he is and so tonight we're going to look at holiness all right going to lead right into what we talk about next week on easter holiness okay if you're a note taker tonight holiness is simply this it's the fundamental characteristic of God if you don't understand holiness Okay, this is something you've got to understand. If you don't understand this one concept of holiness, we're going to talk about it tonight, you miss every other thing that God is. Because everything God is and everything God does flows through, first and foremost, His holiness. He's holy, okay? Everything God does flows through His holiness. Understanding holiness, you can understand then love. You can understand grace. You can understand why He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross. You can understand why He raised His Son, Jesus, from the dead. You can see all those things that we're going to talk about next week and throughout the course of this month. Holiness is at the very beginning of all, all of it. What is holiness? Holiness is the absolute purity of God. It is the ability to live consistent with nature and life. And we're going to talk about this in just a minute. Okay? The absolute purity of God It is the ability to live consistent with with the nature of life. Okay? Revelations. We read it at the beginning of the night. There's four living creatures. These four living creatures the Bible says have eyes basically all over them. Okay? No matter which way they turn they can see everything. Okay? There's four of them. The Bible says these four living creatures that have eyes all around them are going around the throne of God day and night, 24-7, not stopping, and the only thing that's coming out of their mouth is Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Nothing else. They're not saying love, love, love love, or grace, 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 or mercy, mercy, mercy. They're not saying any of those things. One thing is coming out of their mouth, and it's holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Now, understand something. They have eyes all around them. They see every part of God. They're flying around. There's four of them. They're covering His front, His sides, His back, and the only thing they see is holiness. Why is that important to understand? Because it goes back to the point we just mentioned a minute ago that everything God is and everything God does flows through His holiness. What's holiness? It's God being consistent with His nature. So everything God does is consistent with who He is. And it's, I don't know if they're talking back and forth to each other. I don't know if they're talking to who they're talking to, but it's like they're yelling back and forth at each other and they're, they're investigating God and they're saying, yeah, he's still holy on this side. And yeah, he's still holy over here. And yeah, he's, and he's unchanging. He's still holy on this side. And he's holy on this side. And one of them flies underneath. Yeah, he's holy down here. And that's all that's coming out of their mouth is he's holy. Are you with me? And so we know this, that God is holy. Take it to Hebrews. Hebrews, the verse we read tonight, says this. It says, Pursue peace. And then it says, End the holiness. It doesn't just say end holiness. It says end the holiness. Then it goes on to say this, Without which none of us will see God. Okay? That one scripture right there is so key to understanding. Because if you miss what holiness is, you miss God. You're with me, tonight? If you miss what holiness is, you don't understand it. You might have, you know, you think you know what it is, but if you don't understand the holiness, the holiness of God, and what it means for Him to put that inside of you and for you to live more holy, guess what? The Bible says you miss God. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So we know that God's holy because the creatures are flying around Him. We know that we need holiness in order to see God. Why is that? Because God can't dwell where sin exists because He's absolutely holy. Okay? So we know that God's holy. We know we need to be holy in order to see God. Okay, But then we rewind even further to Leviticus. And Leviticus says this. Word of the Lord comes forth. It says, tell the people to be holy as I, the Lord God, am holy. Matter of fact, in the book of Leviticus, the word holy is mentioned about 45 times. So if you want to study holiness... Leviticus is the place to go. What's funny about that is this, is that usually when you talk to people and you talk to believers specifically, the last book they ever read is Leviticus. But if we want to understand holiness, we have to go to the book of Leviticus. Okay? So we look at the book of Leviticus, mentioned 45 times, tells us we need to be holy, but not just be holy, but be holy as He is holy. This would be the holiness of That Hebrews is talking about okay following the train of thought tonight okay let's get into it then I don't know about you but I'm glad it didn't just stop at be holy because here's the problem too many times and I grew up in church my dad was a pastor and I've sat in camp meetings and tent revivals and three services a day and five services a day and 15 services a weekend or whatever you know I've sat through a lot of services okay and I've always heard people tell me that you got to be holy but very rarely did I have somebody explain to me what holiness is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you ought to live pure. Don't have sex before you're married. Don't get drunk. Don't think dirty thoughts. Don't talk bad about your mom. So so okay, so holiness, I'm gonna be holy as long as I don't have sex before I'm married. I'm gonna be holy as long as I don't have dirty thoughts. And I'm going to be holy as long as I don't get drunk. Okay? That that now becomes my definition of holiness. Are you with me tonight? And so now holiness becomes an absence of something rather than the substance of something. I begin to look at holiness as something that is taking away from me. If I can take sin away from me, then I'm holy. If I can take bad thoughts away from me, then I'm holy. If I can take, you know, sex before marriage away from me, then I'm holy. And so now holiness becomes, now listen to me, that that has to stop. Because then what we're saying is this. If that's our belief about holiness, we're saying that God must have had sin in himself. Because holiness is subtracting something. Not adding the substance of something. So now, holiness, our definition of holiness, is now something's missing from my life, so then God must have been a sinner. Well, if God was a sinner, then it would be okay to sin, because that's consistent with His nature. Let let me put it this way. If holiness is the subtraction of something, then God had something subtracted from Him. Okay? So in other words, we can put it this way. Um, uh, Let's say this. If God is a liar, then guess what? It's okay to lie. Because holiness is simply God being consistent with who he is. If, if God was a murderer, then it would be okay to murder. Because holiness is God being consistent with who he is. If, if we just stopped at... Be holy, and the definition we've been given for years and years and years, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to miss his love, we're going to miss his grace, we're going to miss his mercy, we're going to miss his righteousness, we're going to miss his faithfulness. None of it makes sense until we understand the true definition of holiness. Are you with me tonight? We have a misconception of uh, of what holiness is. As a matter of fact, I didn't grow up in this movement, but my mom told me about what was called the holiness movement been in church long enough and talked to some people that, and the Holiness Movement was basically, and it really affected the women more than it did the men. I mean, and you would look back at the old days and say, oh, the Holiness Movement means that I have to wear a skirt past, you know, mid-ankle, my hair always has to be pulled back and up in a bun, no makeup, no jewelry, okay? And all the guys are like, thank you that the Holiness Movement is over, <laughs> But we, we we think we 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 say those things are holy. So now, now I begin to work for holiness rather than just receive. You do not have to work from the DNA that your parents gave you. It's imprinted in you. Okay? You came from it. Okay, but we get we get we get this thing all, all messed up, and so now we're working for something when God just says, Hey, I'm gonna give it to you freely. All you gotta do, we're gonna talk about it next week, is come. To Jesus Christ. Okay? If we just stop the scripture at be holy, it's up to personal interpretation. The problem with personal interpretation is this what looks holy to you might not look holy to the next person. And definitely probably won't look holy to God. Let me put it to you this way there was a man that went and visited his friend in the springtime, and this man was a sheep, this man was a herder. And he went and visited his friend and they woke up one morning and looked at the window and the the friend that came to visit was looking out at the green pasture and he saw all the sheep out there and he was talking with the sheep herders and said, man, look at all those beautiful white sheep out there. And he started talking about sheep herding and how it worked and he was just admiring how beautiful and white their fur, their wool was and man, how beautiful they are. Well, that man left and he decided to come back again in the winter. He came back in the winter and woke up the next morning and looked out in that same pasture, but yet it had snow. When he looked out at the pasture, he began to look at the sheep and they, they got to look yellow. He looked at his friends and said, what happened to all your, your white sheep? What happened to the beautiful white bull they had? The sheep said, no, they're still out there. He said, but no, they, they look yellow now compared to the beautiful white snow that had fallen on the ground. Well were they white before? Sure, they were still white, but when God brings his whiteness, everything else looks yellow and dingy. Are you with me tonight? So I can say, Man, I'm holy. Oh really, what's your definition of holy? Man, I don't sleep around, man. I don't use bad language. Man, I don't do all this, and all of a sudden God comes in and says, Be holy as I am holy, and all of a sudden you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm pretty ugly. Beholding as He is holy, He is. He is not just a definition of holy. He is holy all by Himself. It's His DNA. It's His nature. It's who He, who He is. So we've got to be consistent with God. It, it would be like it would be like if, if you went from here to, to Mexico and you never heard their concept of football. All you know is American football. And you get over there and like, hey, you want to play football? Oh yeah, I play football, man. Sweet. You show up with your helmet, your pads on, and that awkward shape ball, and they're all looking at you like, whoa, dude, what planet are you from? Are you with me? Because no one took the time to tell me about football. Holiness. But he doesn't just stop that it says be holy. He says, Be holy, try the Lord God of holy. In other words, be holy. Hello. Look at me. Woo-hoo! God, up here. Okay. This is holy. Be consistent with this. Look like me. And that's what holiness is. What's the definition of holy? Very simple. It's the absolute purity of God. It is the ability to live consistent with the nature of life. Be holy. Let me, let me give you an analogy. Uh, a car. A car is, is, is built in such a way, I know they have electric cars now and hybrids and all that stuff, but if you just take you know the, the, the car, the basic car, the basic car is created to run off of gasoline. Put gasoline in, it runs. As long as you put the gasoline in. Right? You've got the little needle there, make sure it stays on full. Okay? As long as you keep putting gas in, then you can keep driving. Why? Because the car is being consistent with the way it was created. In other words, the car is being pulled. Okay? But if all of a sudden one day I said, you know what, I'm tired of paying for gas, the economy's not looking too good, I'm going to try putting water in there. (laughs) And you started filling that thing up with water, you know how how far you're going to get? It's about how far you're going to get. Why? Because putting water inside the gas tank is being inconsistent with the way it was created. It was created in such a way that it runs off gas. You try to substitute, and not only are you now not going to be able to go anywhere, but you're going to ruin the car. Are you with me? You and I were were, were created to look like Him, to take on His nature, to take on who He is, to be consistent with who God is. But when we now become inconsistent and say, you know what, I want to do something different. I want to go my own way. I want to try things this way. You know, my friend gave me a good idea. I think I'll check out their idea and try it out for a while. Now you're putting water inside the tank and you're not going to get anywhere. Not only are you not going to get anywhere, you're going to end up ruining yourself. And so what happens is is now we don't understand holiness or being consistent with God. So now we have, we have false definitions and we don't even know how to define things at all. So, when you take a subject like homosexuality, okay, I and mean, we're doing a whole new series starting in May, it's going to run through June, we're going to tackle some hard questions. But you take a subject like homosexuality, and I would take the stance that homosexuality is unholy, therefore, it is sin. Why? Why do you say that then? If we mean, just go with the basic definition, because the Bible says, hey, I want you to be fruitful and multiply and fill the whole earth. And God created man, and He created woman. And when man comes together with woman, they can be fruitful, multiply, and fill the whole earth. In other words, they're now being consistent with the way they were created. And they can actually do what God told them to do. Are you with me tonight? But now on the flip side of that, if now man comes together with man, they cannot be fruitful and multiply. If woman comes together with woman, they cannot be fruitful and multiply. Therefore, they are being inconsistent with the way they are created and they're unable to do what God Told them to do. Therefore, it is unholy. Therefore, it is sin because they're being inconsistent with the way God created them. Are you following me tonight? Be sure. Okay. Holiness. Being consistent with the nature of God. Now, listen to me. How do we be consistent with the nature of God? It's not that difficult. Right here. He says, hey, here's who I am, read it, have fun, especially Leviticus. (laughs) And you read it and you realize, oh, that's who God is. This is who I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to look like. And I'm supposed to be loving and caring and forgiving and and, and slow to wrath and, and slow to speak, quick to listen, and I'm supposed to be gentle, kind, all those things, Okay? When we see that now. We can begin to live that, and now people look at us and say, Well, your DNA is of God. Are you with me tonight? This is being holy, being consistent with who God is. It is not the absence of something, it is the addition of something. Are you with me? It's not the absence, it's the substance of. And I'm here to tell you tonight there is a power greater than sin, and that power is called holiness. You are not, listen to me, it's not not just, you know, uh, I can't do these things anymore because, well, I'm a Christian and and I need to be holy and so therefore I can't do all those things anymore. That is is not a fun way to live life. Just striving to get through it. Can't do those things. Bad. My mama told me it's of the devil. But what literally happens is when you get the DNA of God inside of you, it changes everything. And now not only do you not do them, but you don't want to do them. Because I understand holiness and I understand to be consistent with, with, with God. Are you with me tonight? And see, it's not, it's not, it's not a, a mental change. It's not a philosophical change. It's a heart change. God comes through Jesus Christ and But my spirit inside of me, that's why it's called the holy spirit. So like when Jesus went to the cross, he, and the Bible says that He breathed His life, and He gave and He gave up His spirit. And although He gave up His spirit, man, it multiplied. And now you and I, the Bible said that the spirit, man, it, it's falling upon all flesh, upon all blood. And all we got to do is position ourselves. And man, I know I can't live holy without Him. Yeah. Yeah. So He gives me the Holy Spirit. So now I can begin to live Holy holy. What needs to happen? That's great. Holiness, being consistent with God's nature. Okay, awesome. I haven't been. I've been doing all these other things. I've been thinking if I can just get those thoughts out of my head then I'm more holy, or am I the only one? What needs to happen? What needs to happen is you need to stop having a relationship with God. Let's stop. Yeah, stop having a relationship with God. What What do you mean by that? I mean this, uh, I have a relationship with a friend in, in Vegas named Henry. Me and Henry, man, we became really good friends. We'd hang out all the time, and we would talk every day, and now we'd go do stuff together, and we'd go play basketball, or just go shopping, go eating, but we just had fun being together. We loved hanging out with each other. We had a relationship. It was a great one, still is. Have a relationship. We were close, man. we could be over at his house in five minutes or whatever. We worked together. We had a relationship. Okay? I've left, and since I've left, the relationship is distant. I talk to Henry like once a month. We don't hang out. We don't play basketball. We don't go out to eat together. We don't, we don't do any of those things together. But can I tell you something? My life is unchanged. You follow what I'm saying tonight. Too many of us have a relationship with God based on our definition of a relationship. Oh, I me and Jesus, yeah, he's my homeboy. Yeah, I me and Jesus, we hung out this morning. I prayed for 15, read my Bible for like one verse, and man, it was good. Oh yeah, I did my three-minute devotional sitting on the potty, man, it was great. I had a little devotional thing there, man. He's coming tight. Okay. But if we go off that down there relates, all of a sudden you distance yourself and your life isn't any different. Now trust me, having a relationship is better than having a religion. But it's got to go so much more than that. Jesus said it this way in John 15. He said, Hey, abide in me, and I'll abide in you. you." That's all i got to do. is abide. Abide in me. Me, and I'll abide in you, and and as you do this, then you become holy. Then you become more like Him. Okay, I'm not talking about, you know, because have you ever had those friends when they hang out with somebody long enough, and all of a sudden they begin to take on their mannerisms? They start talking, talking like them. Like, I was the only white guy on my basketball team back in college, and I was the blackest white guy in the world. I know it's hard to believe, but, oh yeah. Back in the day, yeah, they, 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 they nominated me to the honorary brotherhood, true story, because I could talk better trash than they could talk. Awesome. But all of a sudden I began to talk like that, and I began to use words, I don't even know what they meant for shizzle. you know, I was just like, I didn't know what that means for sure, but... For Shizu, you know, and I was listening to music I'd never listened to before, and these guys are like my best buds. But I was hanging out with, with with my basketball team, and so now I'm beginning to talk like anybody ever have anybody like that? Okay, okay. That is not what God's looking for. See, we hang out in church, and we know how to talk like Christians. We know how we know how to worship like a Christian. We know, how to, we know how to, oh, it's time to write the check like a Christian. It's it's time to drop my cash in the bucket like a Christian. It's, oh, yes, I'm tearing down, sure, I'm there, whatever, you know. We know how to look like, act like a Christian, but nothing has changed in your DNA. I knew how to act like them, talk like them, talk better, trash. I learned. But nothing I could do would ever change the color of my skin or the nature of my soul. I am who I am by the grace of God. Are you with me tonight? Too many of us have have, have hung out in churches so long that we know how to talk, we know how to look, we know how to act. Some of God's, God is looking for a John 15. I'll abide in you, and you abide in me. And when you abide in him, they say, well, man, I I don't know why. I've been living out here far too long. I've been doing this stuff for far too long. I I feel like I'm from a totally different tree. Ah, it's okay. Romans chapter 11. says, hey, guess what? He can take the branch and he can graft you into the tree. And that's what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He took you from another tree and said, ah, it's okay. I'm going to graft you into this one. And now you're going to be sucking life from a new source. You're going to take on a new DNA. It's not, you see, the things, we, we try so hard to change ourselves on the outside, and then hopefully a change takes place on the inside. And Jesus says, no, no, what needs to happen, don't worry about how ugly you are on the outside. Don't worry about the branch, how it looks. Don't worry about the leaves. Don't worry about even right now the fruit that's coming off you, right? Just get grafted into me. And as I begin to change your DNA on the inside, your heart begins to change. To see, what happens is, is we so badly... Want to look like a Christian that we, I got to stop doing this and I got to stop doing that and I got to stop. We're so worried about the, the outward external look that we forget about what's really taking place on the inside. Yeah. It, and is saying, No, 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 hold on a couple steps. <laughs> got to be here for the whole thing, I guess. Okay? Hold on a couple steps. I want to craft you in and I want to change you from the inside. And don't grow weary in doing well. Although it's not seen on the outside, don't grow weary in doing well. For in due season, you will reap if you do not lose heart. For God is not mocked. That which a man sows, he will also and I get grafted into Him and now an internal change takes place inside of me. And, and all of a sudden now the, the gross brown leaves begin to fall off and they begin to dry up and then they're gone. But I stay grafted in long enough and all of a sudden now there's new growth. There's new life and the leaves are beautiful and they're green and, and, and that's where God wants you. Holiness. He wants to change you from the inside We've got to abide in him, him and us, get grafted in. It's not like, see, too many of us look like it. It's like, okay, there's God. He's the water. And all of a sudden I jump in, but I'm the oil. I'm swimming in the same bowl, but we're still separate. God says, no, 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 no. I'm going to get inside of you. I'm going to change the chemical makeup the way oil is, and I'm going to convert it to water so that it gets all mixed together. And I look, wow, you must be from God. Are you with me tonight? So now I don't do those things because they're wrong. I do those things, but I don't do those things because they're no longer a part of my nature. And I'm being consistent with the way he is. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, all old things are passed away, all things have become new. So why the Bible said in Philippians that, hey, you might not have already obtained it, but keep pushing forward that you can lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of you. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be converted. Be reworked. Be crafted in. Let the oil change to water. Let it mix with the nature of God until your DNA is totally changed. And prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of Him. Holiness is not a subtraction of something out of your life. It's an addition of a substance, the DNA of God, into who you are. God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, we pray that tonight, more than anything, that, Lord, the words that we share tonight, God, straight from the Bible, and, Lord, God, mixed with faith, God, would profit us something. The Lord, as we sit here tonight, that, God, we're all looking for our Father. We're all looking for our Heavenly Father. God, so many people are looking in different avenues and areas and ways. God, to discover, who am I really? Well, Lord, I pray that tonight, the Lord, through your word, God, you reveal yourself in a greater way. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. I'm going to ask you just keep your eyes closed. Unstand us stand your feet. And I just want to ask you this question tonight. Just as you're thinking about your own life, where you're at, what's going on with you, You're like, you know what, that's me. I've been trying to subtract something from my life. I've been trying to battle this thought. I've been trying to battle this addiction. I've been trying to overcome this this sin that I committed. God says, hey, as far as the east is from the west, so has that transgression been removed from you. Stop thinking about it. Stop dreaming about it. Stop having nightmares about it. It's no longer you. It's not you. It never was you. And I've not only removed that because holiness is not me removing something, but I'm now crafting you in and imparting something new in your life. It's a DNA change. It's a DNA change. It's a DNA change. It's a DNA change. You understand holiness. You understand God. You understand God. You fall in love with Him. The more you love Him, the more you want to know Him, the more you know Him, the more you want to understand Him. God, absolutely transform our minds tonight. God, let us never look at holiness the same. Because I believe that tonight there's a power greater than sin. It's holiness. When you get that power of holiness in your life, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God, transition our minds, change who we are from the inside out. Hallelujah, God, you're so good. See, eyes closed. We're going to talk next week in depth about the love of God because now that we understand holiness, we can understand wow, that's why Jesus Christ had to come. We'll talk about that next week. But even tonight, as you're standing here, you're evaluating your own life. God is putting his finger on something inside of you. And he's not putting his finger on it because he just wants to take it out. He wants to put something new in. There's been many studies that have been done that one of the ways to kill cancer in a body is by putting large amounts of pure oxygen in. It begins to attack the cancer. It begins to break down the cancer and destroy the cancer. I'm how it all works, I'm not a doctor, but I know this. The word spirit is the word pneuma, and it means breath. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to come on you in a new and a real way. He wants to breathe life on you. And he wants to begin to attack that area and destroy it. But when he breathes life into you, he's not just trying to get something out of you. He's breathing something into you. A new DNA. And now all of a sudden, those things that you were battling. God, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You won't have to battle anymore because it's not even a part of your nature. You can walk right past it with victory.